Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Presenting to you episode 194. You mean the Dwight Gooden episode? Oh, I know me some Dwight Gooden. You remember the good doctor? Phenom pitcher for the Mets back in their heyday. Uh, ran into some drug problems, but okay. won 194 games in his big league career. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents... Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's on the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! So we did not have an episode on Monday, and man, did a lot of stuff happen. Well, a big win for Notre Dame, and then yes. of course Daytona, uh, which Monday night uh, had a huge accident. We should probably talk about South Bend's Ryan Newman. Let's do that because, uh, Corey, I'm sitting on the edge of my couch rooting for the local kid Monday night. I'm watching the Daytona 500, which, by the way, the last few laps of that race took forever because they've got caution flags. They had a couple of big crashes. Mm-hmm which paled in comparison to what would happen at the end. NASCAR has overtime. It's two laps. If you go through the first lap unscathed, then the last lap is it, checkered flag. So the first time they tried overtime, that didn't happen. There was an accident, and so they had to try it again. And the second time they're doing the overtime, Ryan Newman... South Bend LaSalle alum, Purdue grad, has the lead. He's got Denny Hamlin and Ryan Blaney behind him. He looks like he's going to pull away from the pack, and Denny Hamlin gets behind Ryan Blaney, and the way these cars work is if you're right on a guy's bumper, it kind of creates some extra speed, and the whole pack gets brought along. And that's what Hamlin does to Blaney to get him up by Newman. So now Blaney is behind Newman, and they go into the last turn. Newman has the lead. I am literally on my feet in my living room saying, come on, Ryan, trying to get this guy his second Daytona 500 title. 
Blaney tries to go low. Newman goes to block him. And Blaney hits Newman's bumper to the right of center. And Newman spins. He he basically makes a 90-degree turn going 200 miles an hour into the outer wall. The way these cars have been changed aerodynamically over the last, say, 10 years, Newman winds up flipping upside down. He gets hit by another car going full speed on the driver's side. This is Corey LaJoy. And his car crosses the finish line upside down with sparks flying out of it and fuel flying out. Denny Hamlin wins the race, the second closest margin at the Daytona 500 in the history of the race. And meanwhile, all eyes are on Ryan Newman after this horrific crash. Now, remember, this is almost 19 years to the day that Dale Earnhardt dies in what looked like a very innocuous crash mm-hmm. at Daytona at the time. I mean, Dale Dale Earnhardt turns and goes into the wall, but he didn't cover the distance that Newman did, and he didn't get turned upside down. He just goes into the wall, and another guy hits him from the side, but that was on the passenger side. But... The difference is, back then, you didn't have these head restraints that they have now in the cars. And Dale Dale Earnhardt basically snapped his neck when he crashed into the wall. Newman flipping, going upside down, um, somehow stayed alive and is recovering now in a hospital in Daytona. Now, we don't know the extent of his injuries. And both the Newman family and Roush Fenway Racing, and for that matter, NASCAR itself, has been, and I realize we have federal laws that protect people's privacy, but they've been very private in not putting out information. So uh, there is still a part of me, Corey, that fears that Ryan Newman has some sort of paralysis, that, um, that these injuries might end his career. But I also wonder, and I realize these cats are a different breed than you and I. I mean, they get in these cars and they go around 200 miles an hour and do things that you and I would not on a, on a whim do. I just, I wonder with those two little girls that he has, how you ever get back into a race car and race again after what happened on Monday night. Hmm. I always I'm always befuddled when it's pre-race stuff and they take you inside the car mm-hmm. and it just looks like you have a sliver of light through your helmet. You are locked in with your horse, you know, your blinders on. You are seeing straight ahead. There's no I mean, we've both gone fast before in a car and there's there's right. the turning of the head, the turning of the body, you know, Chicago traffic. But 200 miles an hour, just straight ahead, you know, heavily relying on a voice in your ear going, all right, pal, you can go low. Right. All right, you can go high. Here's who's behind you, et cetera, et cetera. And and just that trust. But I asked you this off the air the other day is, you know, speculation. Does this guy get back in a car if he's healed up? Or is it like, you know what? You know, on the one hand, I mean, this has been his life. This is what he's done. Yeah. And he had a horrific wreck in 2003 where his car went 
tumbling through the air. But that's a 25-year-old body in 2003. This is a 42-year-old body now. And he didn't have daughters in 2003. He's got daughters now. And, man, I just wonder. But, you know, part of me also says, and, and this is the headline on the front of the South Bend Tribune sports page today, did Dale Earnhardt's death save Ryan Newman's life? Did, did the safety precautions that NASCAR has put in over the last 20 years with not only what happened to Earnhardt but the car of tomorrow and things like that, did those kinds of things save Ryan Newman's life? The good news is he, we're told he's alert. He's speaking to doctors and family. So it doesn't appear that there's any kind of brain problem, but you just don't know what that body has gone through yeah. um, with that horrific crash that he suffered. Can I rewind for one second? And I tried to pay attention the best I could. No, that's fine. I don't get overtime at daytona i don't how how do you go into overtime they don't want the race to end on a yellow flag okay they don't want the race to end when it's under caution they want full speed pell-mell full speed going to the finish line okay so if the yellow is out when the race would end what they say is okay we're going to go two extra laps here and whatever spot you were in when the yellow flag over the finish line that's that's where you're that's where you're at right when when the restart occurs okay now the the way the overtime works so it's two laps if on that first lap there's an accident or the yellow comes out again we'll get that debris cleared up and then we'll go again two laps yeah and and you'll have as many overtimes as it takes to get through a point where the first lap goes unscathed, and then whatever happens on the second lap happens. Okay. And that's what happened on Monday night at Daytona. Does that happen often? Happens uh, a fair amount. Okay. A fair amount. Um, so just a, a tragic situation. Um, the prayers have been lifted up for the Newman family. They continue to be lifted up. And... It'll be interesting because Ryan Newman has been outspoken. He he studied engineering at Purdue. He's He is a very intelligent man, and he's well aware of how these cars work. And he has expressed concern about the aerodynamics of the cars and the fact that they get turned upside down so easily before this ever happened. So who knows what kind of changes that they will make now in terms of safety of vehicles but hopefully hopefully this did not happen in vain hopefully he makes a full recovery and so the season has begun do they have a race this weekend yeah they go to vegas this weekend and race oh wow and obviously what happened at daytona has to be on the minds of these guys as they get in these cars and yet to a certain extent they can't be thinking of that they have to put it out of their minds and race as though they've raced before. Hmm. It's That's why not a lot of people do it. Okay. Now, you mentioned that same night there was Notre Dame basketball over Purcell Pavilion and drama of a, an entirely different kind in this game. 
as Notre Dame gets down by 15 points with nine minutes to go to a North Carolina team. Now, in your head, if you're the casual fan, you probably think, well, North Carolina, then, you know, I've heard of them in basketball before. That's where Michael Jordan went. They had legendary teams. And all that's true. I mean, North Carolina is one of the blue bloods of college basketball, but not this year. They're last place in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and yet they roll into Purcell Pavilion Monday night, and they've got a 15-point lead on the Irish. And the Irish faithful are saying, we didn't have much shot of going to the NCAA tournament before this, and this would be the death knell. And somehow, Notre Dame kicks it into another gear. They start hitting some threes. Prentice Hub starts being creative and finding some ways for shots to go. And the Irish find themselves down by two going into the final possession. They, John Mooney was wide open inside, and Prentice Hub didn't see him with about 15 left on the clock. They eventually get the ball back to Mooney inside. He takes a contested shot. It misses. Rex Fluger does a heck of a job boxing out to get the rebound. Says, everybody's underneath. I'm kicking it outside to Nate Leshesky. Nate Leshesky has been awful from three-point range most of the season. But he buries this one. And the Irish win it 77-76 over Carolina to keep their slim hopes of making the NCAA tournament alive. Did you happen to see, speaking of Notre Dame basketball, did you see Muffet's tweets last night? Oh, I thought Muffet's tweets this week have been hilarious. So Roy Williams, who is the North Carolina coach and is going through this miserable season, reached out to Muffet McGraw a couple of weeks ago because, well, Muffet McGraw is coming off a national championship and going through a miserable season and reached out to her and you know, they tried to, I think, buoy each other and, and talk each other up and, and kind of get ideas from each other as to how they were dealing with it and what they were doing to cope with it and everything. So when Roy came to town on Monday, Muffet, you know, went over and said hello and and they had a picture taken and they sent out, she goes, you know, it's the uh, coach's coping club and she says, hey, Steve Kerr, why didn't you show up? Now, Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, they've been in the tank this year, too. And Steve Kerr, with a good sense of humor, sends back a tweet, says, what are you guys talking about? I'm fine. And he shows this guy just plummeting down a mountain, (laughs) head over heels. I enjoyed that. And Muffet responds, yeah, I'm fine, too, with the picture of the monkey holding its hands (laughs) over its eyes. Just, I can't look. Uh, it's it's been that kind of year for for Muffet and the Irish women. It it's been a little better for the Irish men, and they still have some hope. But that hope it that hope rests basically, Corey, on them beating, winning out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tom Noy mentioned this in an article earlier this week, and I agree. They've got to win out. If they win out, that also includes a win over a Florida State team that's ranked in the top 10. And that might be, might be enough to get them in the NCAA tournament. But unless they win out, I don't see them going. Another team that I'm starting to think isn't going to the NCAA tournament is Purdue. 
just cannot win on the road. Now, credit Wisconsin last night. Wisconsin, the last time they played Purdue, got out-rebounded 42-16. to And Greg Gard and his staff up there in Madison basically harped on that for the last week to their team. Just kept saying, 42-16. to And 42-16 got the point across that the Badgers might want to show a little bit of interest in rebounding. They also hit some big three-point shots that they weren't hitting. And here's a thought, kids. They hit free throws. They went 19 of 20 at the foul line and hold off the Boilermakers 69-65. Purdue is now 14-13 and 13 overall, sub-500 in the Big Ten. I just don't see this team making the NCAA tournament. Hmm. They were 14-10 and 10 coming off that win in Bloomington at IU just two weeks ago, and it's just gone right downhill for Matt Painter and company. Now, Indiana, another team that really struggles on the road. Archie Miller's team just looked awful against Michigan the last time out. And they go to Minnesota tonight, a place that has been a house of horrors for much better IU teams than this one. And that's tonight at 9 p.m. on 103.1 FM. And I don't think the Hoosiers are a lock for the NCAA tournament either. The last bracketology that I saw, they were in. But, man, they can't afford too many more losses. So we'll see if Archie and the crew can play with a little bit of heart tonight because it sure seemed to be lacking last week against Michigan. Michigan just did whatever they wanted against Indiana at the offensive end and lit them up for 89. You can't be a good basketball team and give up layups constantly the way Indiana does. So they might want to get after it at the defensive end. Here's the other thing, Archie Miller. You say your best player is Trace Jackson Davis. You might want to get him more than three shots in the game. Now, part of that is Trace wanting to show up and play. Mm-hmm. Have a little bit of gumption. Have some fortitude. But part of it is Archie devising a plan to get his best player the ball. So there's enough blame to go around here. And Indiana better figure it out, and they better figure it out by 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. I have a dear friend who is a Penn State grad begging me to help him out with tickets for Sunday's game. And, of course, I've called my two or three contacts, including the network that helps us broadcast the game. Yes. And there is not a ticket in Assembly Hall. Actually, there is, but you got to pay a hefty sum for a top 10 Penn State team. Um. Top 10 going into this week. Now, they lost to Illinois last night. Okay. Uh, so the Illini came up with a big victory there. But, yeah, it's it's a better-than-normal Penn State team. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, we've seen Penn State this year roll into Mackey Arena and destroy Purdue. So, yeah, Assembly Hall should be rocking for that one over the weekend. But Indiana's got some business to take care of first. And you can hear that game on our station, 103.1. If you're listening to this episode today, that game is tonight at 9. Let's rewind to last night with some high school basketball. Man, what a night of high school basketball last night. There were 
a number of great games, great accomplishments. Let's start with Charlie Yoder, the Westview star. He becomes the 55th player in Indiana's illustrious boys basketball history to go over the 2,000-point mark for his career. He's only the sixth from our viewing area to do it. And when you put yourself in company with guys like Sean Kemp and Delray Brooks and Dan Palambizio, you've done yourself a pretty good favor. So Charlie goes over the 2,000-point mark with a typical Charlie Yoder performance. 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Westview red hot right now. They beat Wallace last night 67-50. to And could be a heck of a week for the Yoder family because Dad Rob on Friday goes for career win 300 when the Warriors play Goshen. Another player to hit a landmark last night was Sam Manikowski down at Argus. The senior goes over 1,000 points for his career, but the Dragons fall to South Central by a count of 54-45. to If you want to talk about the, uh, the local flavor of the month in terms of player, it's got to be Blake Wesley. He had another 35-point effort last night, 14 rebounds, and it still wasn't enough. Riley loses at Michigan City. 66 to 63. Tom Wells Wolves have played very, very well, Corey. And this is a sectional shaping up, and the sectional draw is Sunday. This is a sectional at Michigan City that is shaping up where you have Culver Academy, who's ranked in the top 10. You've got Michigan City, who I think is 15 and 3. And you've got South Bend Adams, which is 17 and 3, all in the same sectional. Adams destroyed Bremen last night, 74-29. So Friday night, we've got Adams and Riley on the south side on our 46th game of the week. That should be a lot of fun. And then uh, some other games last night. Marion continues to play well. They win their fifth in a row. They beat Lakeshore, your alma mater, 54-38. Lakeshore only has three losses this year, and they've all been to really good teams. And two of them have been the teams in the state of Indiana, Adams and Marion. I like uh, interstate or outer state rivalries. I like hearing up there is playing down here. Yeah, I, I like I them like too. I, I wish more teams did that. Mishawaka did it last night. Cavemen go to 10-9 and nine on the year with a win over the St. Joe Bears. Uh, I believe the final in that one was 59-38 to 38 in favor of Mishawaka. So Ron Heklinski's team is playing a little bit better these days. They've got John Glenn coming to town on Friday night. And then up in the state of Michigan, uh, the Bees of Bridgman are having a pretty good year. They went down into the woods on Tuesday night and beat Buchanan 55-51. So if the Bees beat the Bucks, I guess that would be a honey of a game in Buchanan. We are, what, six months into the NBA season? Uh, it started in November, so four months. Yeah. John Beeline, out. Yeah, half a season as wow. coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. It just wasn't working. It, it, You know, you take a great college coach, and I don't think anybody disputes that John Beeline is a great college coach. Where was he previously? Michigan. Okay. And you bring him into the NBA and now – Part of the reason it didn't work for John Beeline is the Cleveland Cavaliers just don't have talent. They're not that good. So, to a certain extent, it really doesn't matter who the coach is, but 
apparently the players weren't taking to Beeline's coaching style. Beeline wasn't taking to the NBA style of life. And so the mutual parting was done. And, of course, this has many people saying, well, where will John Beeline end up? And I know there's a lot of IU people that are saying, oh, we'd love to have him fire arching and get John Beeline. And people are always very generous with other people's money because Archie still has five years left on an eight-year contract. And that would cost Indiana University $16.5 million. And I'm not sure that the Hoosiers are willing to bite that one off. You think he'll land at another college team? Yeah, some college team. You know, there will be changes made in the offseason, and some Mm -hmm. college team will go out and get him. The question is who? 67 years old, still got some gas 60, in the tank. Still a little bit of gas in the tank, but, he, you know, you're looking at John Beeline for probably five years as a head coach. Okay. Yeah, I, I, now maybe he would push past 72. I don't know, but that's that's kind of what I would envision if I were hiring him is like, okay, here's a five-year deal. You know, fix our program, groom somebody to succeed. Yeah, groom somebody. Okay. And then the uh, the Pistons. <laughs> I don't know what's going on up there in Detroit, but Reggie Jackson buys out his contract so he can go play with the Clippers. Now, Reggie Jackson was probably one of the more coveted. He's a very versatile player. He can do a lot of things, and he can help a lot of teams. And his efforts were going to be wasted up there in Detroit now that they got rid of Andre Drummond. They got, they've got nothing. And they have nobody that's been there for any period of time. There, I read last night, I forget who the player was, but he's now in his third year with the Pistons, and he is the senior member of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, that's that's how much turmoil and change that once proud franchise has gone through. And you say that, you stay, still say, are they still better off than the Bulls? Fire Gar Pax was trending hot during the NBA All-Star game. Um mainly because of the influence of Barstool Sports. But I think Bulls fans have kind of reached the end of their rope with uh, Gar and Pax up there in Chicago. Uh, One final score from hockey, Chuck. Detroit got three in the third last night and beat Montreal 4-3. That's a a somewhat Pyrrhic victory because the Red Wings aren't going anywhere in the postseason, and I'm starting to think the Blackhawks aren't either. They raised my hopes with a really good Canada trip. And then they've lost something like four straight and not not skating really well. Mm-hmm. How about all this stuff going on in Major League Baseball over the Astros cheating scandal? I don't I don't know how much you've been able to pick up on the periphery of life because you've been going to art museums and concerts and you've been <laughs> Mr. You've been Mr. Lottie Da with your life. with your peppermint lattes and things like that. But those of us who just drink old school coffee and stick to sports, we're looking at this cheating scandal. And the more the commissioner of Major League Baseball speaks, the more I want to hit him over the head with a lead pipe. Somebody asked him about, well, what? Why don't you just take the trophy back? from the Astros. Why don't you take away their championship and take the trophy back? And he goes, well, you know, it's it's kind of futile to just go and take a piece of metal back. It's not a piece of metal. It's, it's the commissioner's trophy. It's the 
piece of metal. <laughs> and it's the prize that every player in your league is trying to play for. Uh, this would be like Gary Bettman calling the Stanley Cup a piece of metal. You don't do that. You don't demean basically every player in your league by saying, oh, you're playing playing for a piece of metal. This is the commissioner's trophy. And as Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers said, the thing that demeans the trophy the most is the fact that it's got the commissioner's name on it. Um, he was not taken with the comments of Rob Manfred, nor were most of the players. Here's my idea. Here's what I'd like to see happen. Okay. If I were the czar of baseball, I would make the Astros give the trophy back. I would make them do it on opening day in their own home ballpark, and they would have to bring it out to me at home. I would be standing at home plate, and they would have to bring it out to me while people in the other dugout bang trash cans all day. That's what I would do. Is there a uh, a financial penalty? I, I've not heard. There, there has been a financial penalty given to the Astros. There are many who say that it was not severe enough. Do you remember what the number was? Five million. There are other people who say, well, why didn't you punish the players? Well, apparently, Major League Baseball, to get the Astros players to testify and be honest in this, had to give them immunity so that they could not punish them. Nor... Is there was there any kind of policy laid out by Major League Baseball ahead of time saying, okay, if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you? Again, who does that fall on? That doesn't fall on the players. That falls on the commissioner. I predict this is going to be those players' worst season in the history of their lives Everywhere they go, booing, and the fans will be so fired up for their home team playing against the Astros, it is going to be a horrible season for them. Well, now the commissioner is going around to the spring training sites and warning that intentional beaning of the Astros uh, will not be tolerated. That has not stopped offshore odds from setting an over-under that the Astros will be plunked 80 and a half times this year. So if you want to bet the under, you figure they'll be plunked less than 80 and a half. If you want to take the over, it's more than 80 and a half. Now, most major league teams were hit an average of 66 times last year. The tops was 95. So 80 and a half just kind of sits in the middle. Mm -hmm. it, it does not take into account the ire that many teams will feel. And my thought is every game involving the Astros should involve the leadoff hitter. Don't throw at the head. I'm not saying take away a man's livelihood. But they should have to come up without any of the armor on and just wear one in the ribs. And then if I were the pitcher on the mound, I would be yelling, did you see that sign? Did you see that one coming? There's going to be some amazing signs and language this season 
when they come to town. Oh, I can't wait. And and I realize the things I'm hollering about here. <laughs> number one, I'm not exactly bringing the most Christian attitude to the to the fray. I'm not bringing an attitude of forgiveness and mercy. You're I'm, an upset bass baseball fan, you and, know. And number two, um, it's not like I have any control over what's going to happen anyway. Right. These are just the ideas that go through my head. I want an Oscar the Grouch sighting at one of these games, too, with his trash can. I want some sort of, hey, look who's here. (laughs) Oh, and then, by the way, the commissioner has apologized for what he called a disrespectful reference to the World Series trophy as a piece of metal. Yeah, only after just about every player in Major League Baseball took you to the woodshed verbally for what you said. And you're the commissioner? You're the guy in charge? Come on, man. Poor choice of words. That'll happen. It does, but I'm sorry. You're the you are the figurehead of baseball. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. One more little uh, note to share with the class. Okay. Drew Brees is coming back for another year. The 40 year old uh, probably didn't delight his agent very much. Why is that? Well, he gave away all of his leverage yesterday by saying because he's a free agent, he could go to any team Mm -hmm. he's not under contract currently with the saints but he said oh yeah i'll be back i saw that he'll be in fort wayne for the fellowship of christian athletes uh like a kind of a big uh, assembly or something in fort wayne at the at the war memorial Mm -hmm. in may i think he'd be a cool conversation oh yeah but it's going to be interesting to see where all these quarterbacks line up so okay drew Brees is coming back to the saints is Teddy Bridgewater available? If you're the Bears, do you go after tre- Teddy Bridgewater to mm. to quote unquote back up Mitch Trubisky or Matthew Stafford? Well, Matthew Stafford's going to stick with the Lions. He's not going anywhere. Oh, I thought I read something that there. Were, oh, maybe his wife's upset. <laughs> well, that, I thought that I read that she's been. I'd be things. upset if I were a Detroit Lion as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And there are there's still people saying, well, will Tom Brady stay with New England or will he shop the free agent waters? But I, I don't see him leaving New England. And then there's a question of Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, the longtime Chargers quarterback. There are some people who say he may be the new quarterback in Indianapolis this year. Hmm. Moved to Florida recently? Is that where he moved? He, he pulled his family out of the Los Angeles area where the Chargers are. So the question is, where will he wind up? Would he help the Colts? Would he be an improvement over Jacoby Brissett? I would say yes, but he's also up there in years. So we'll see. You saw who moved out to the West Coast with his girlfriend, too, a couple weeks ago. No. Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Big San Diego multi-million dollar that's fine. He can live out there. He'll be playing quarterback in Green Bay. There's no question about that. Speaking of football, we, we mentioned this on the last yak when we were talking about Russ Radke. And remember I said, well, there's two coaching jobs open now, New Prairie and Clay, and I expected Clay to close up this week, and it did. They hired Darius Mitchell, who had been the defensive line coach at South Bend Clay, as their new head coach. He's got some work to do since 2012. 
when the South Bend Community Schools went to these magnet programs and basically said Clay will be the fine arts school, that has not boded well for the Clay football program, which is 5-56 and 56 since 2012. We've come to the end of the road. I think we've uh, taken you on kind of an, an yet another ADD tour of Chuck's <laughs> mind. I enjoyed it. You're a great travel host. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You can follow The Yak on Twitter and Instagram. That's with two Ks, Sports Yak with two Ks. If you want to email us a question or a comment for Chuck, it is uh, the sports yak with two Ks at gmail.com. Feel good? You feel all right? Yeah, I'd love to try to answer those questions or comments. Until next time, yak fans. Oogalooga, Dwight Gooden. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we got to run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. The Sports Yak theme song by Rhett Walker. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Souza. Executive producer is Danae Hughes. In partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sports Yak Archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.